Praise the Lord. We, we know this God. This is amazing. Praise his name. Let's bow together for prayer. Heavenly Father, what a blessing to know you. Through your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, what a blessing to worship you, to praise you, to serve you. What a blessing to, to live in a place like the United States where we can come together and do this this morning without permission, without turning in our, our plans, without turning in our scriptures, our, our message outlines, our transcripts. That we can pray, that we can witness. We're so thankful for that this morning, Father, that we get to do this in, in such a free way. And we pray for our brothers and sisters around the world who can't. We pray that you'd encourage them and strengthen them. And then we also think of our brothers and sisters and our fellow Americans who are uh, in real conflict in Afghanistan with so much confusion and, and uh, so much unknown about what's happening, especially as this, this deadline approaches. Father, we just pray that you would give our leaders and our president wisdom uh, to make good decisions and to, um, and to care for our people and our allies. Uh, we pray that you would be at work in the lives of uh, those who right now are against you, in the Taliban and Al-Qaeda and ISIS and other, other groups um, that, are, that are working directly against you. And, and we pray that you would work in their hearts, as you've done so many times um, with those who were your enemies, that you have the power to make them your friends even as you've done for us in our relationship with Christ. We pray that you would do that work, that you would bring many of them to faith in Christ. And Father, for those who are undergoing this extreme difficulty right now in New Orleans and, and, and Baton Rouge and Picayune and other just, just, a, just wide area of, of territory uh, that uh, the hurricane is, is going through right now, we pray your blessing on them. And we pray again for our brothers and sisters in Christ not only for their protection, but also for their, uh, their strength and willingness to help others who are going to need help um, as they deal with, the, with the, danger, the damage and the danger of this storm. And again, we thank you for the, the relative peace that we're experiencing right now as so many others are going through difficulty. And we thank you that we can be a part of helping them even by lifting them up in prayer. As we've seen in your word so many times and in this passage and 2 Thessalonians, where the Apostle Paul asked people to pray for him, we understand the power of prayer. And we're thankful for it, thankful for the opportunity to pray to you through Jesus Christ, your Son. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen. If you would take your Bibles and turn to 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, 2 Thessalonians 3, as we continue through uh, this final chapter of this short letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to the Thessalonians after his ministry with them, and to remember that this letter was written to real people just like us. I got hit by something um, this morning, not literally, but while we were singing, there was one, uh, one of the songs we were singing had a, a picture of a, of a man's hands um, over the Bible, and... Um, and I knew that wasn't Jesus, but I was thinking about Jesus' hands. And the, the picture um, had fingernails on those hands. 
And it just hit me. Jesus had fingernails. Now you think, well, yeah. But he's a real man. He had, he had, he had all, all of the physical stuff that we deal with. He was dealing with that stuff all the time. He, he walked and breathed and, and, and hugged and, and, and talked and prayed. He's a, he was a real man. And God as well. Praise his name. And through him, a real man living in a real place a long time ago sent out those apostles, like the Apostle Paul who we're reading this morning, to, again, live real lives. Do amazing things, but, but real lives in amazing but real places with real people just like us. And he's writing to some of those real people that, that he helped establish a church among in Thessalonica, even as we have a church here at Midway. And, and as he writes to them, think of them now as they receive this, as real people just like us. Chapter 3, verse 1, Finally, brothers, pray for us, Paul and his companions, that the message of the Lord may spread rapidly and be honored just as it was with you. And pray that we may be delivered from wicked and evil men, for not everyone has faith. But the Lord is faithful, and he will strengthen and protect you from the evil one. We have confidence in the Lord that you are doing and will continue to do the things we command. May the Lord direct your hearts into God's love and Christ's perseverance. And I know some of you are waiting for us to get to that perseverance because you need it so bad. And he gives it to you with what we're dealing with, with what we're going through. And by the way, thank you. Lots of you have been praying a lot for me and Sherry, Sherry in particular. And thanks for doing that. She's doing very well. She, she was able to, to worship and fellowship at her dad's funeral on Wednesday. Again, thanks for, your, for praying for her, for that strength. That was her kind of her first day out after her surgery. And uh, she continues to walk. In fact, she was walking here yesterday in the flat, air-conditioned hallway of our, of our church. Uh, we didn't realize building this church like this was going to be great for rehab. Um, <laughs> but, but it also hit her as she was walking, and it was pretty painful again. She just, you know, and, and again, her pain level, I asked her yesterday, what, what did it max out at today so far? She said, oh, probably four. Before her surgery, I don't think she had any days of four. So, so it's already better. But she was expecting, you know, maybe two or one immediately all the time. And it's not that way. So thanks for your prayers. And, and I just ask continue to pray for her. And while you're praying for her, if you haven't heard, pray for Kay Bowling. Because Kay needs our prayers. And she recovers from uh, some broken bones uh, from, a, from a bicycle accident. And she has her surgery tomorrow morning. So pray for Kay and for her main caregiver, which is hard to imagine. I mean, it's hard enough to imagine me being Sherry's main pain giver, but, uh, pain giver, yes, um, caregiver, but Jeff Bowling is her, is Kay's main caregiver, so pray for Kay and Jeff as they, uh, as they walk through this. It's a, it's a long recovery uh, that Kay's going through, but thank you for your prayers um, as we do these things in response to the Word of God. 
That's why we pray. Not just in this passage. This isn't the only passage that teaches us to pray. The scripture teaches us to pray because we can because of what God has done for us in Christ. We get to talk to God. As he's encouraged us in this passage and encouraged the Thessalonians in their day to be praying for those that are on the front lines like he was, to be praying for those that we're trying to reach with the gospel like they were, like we are, recognizing that salvation is of the Lord. And if we want people to come to faith in Christ, we need to be praying for their hearts, their eyes to be opened, for the hardness of their hearts to, to, to fall away by the power of the Lord in their lives as, as the Holy Spirit works, drawing them to that faith that we'll introduce them to through our conversations, through our witness. So he's, he's been encouraging all this and, and recognizing that some of those that we witness to are not friends. They're not friendlies. And it's really pictured with our situation right now that we get to see vividly, you know, on, you know, on the screen every day of what's going on in Afghanistan. That's a picture of the spiritual battle also that's going on in the world. It's going on around in our lives. And so as he, as he talks about the fact in verse 2 that not everyone has faith, so we pray for them, then he shifts gears. He's been asking them to pray for him and the work that they're doing, and now he shifts gears and after saying that not everyone has faith, he says, but the Lord is faithful. The Lord is faithful. Not everybody has faith. And it's interesting in the, in, in the way that the, the, the Apostle Paul originally wrote this, the two words in a row, the, the word that ends this, the verse 2 and begins verse 3, they're both the word faith. Not everybody has faith. But God is faithful, and he will strengthen you and guard you or protect you from the evil one. Now, he shifts gears. He was asking prayers for himself. Now, all of a sudden, again, he's talking about the Thessalonians. And in a, in a, in a, in a certain sense, he's talking about us. He's talking about his own difficulties against those and with those that don't know Christ and are working against him and are working against the Lord. And now he shifts and, and he's back to the Thessalonians because remember, the Thessalonians were real people working real jobs, having real families, living in a real town that wasn't very friendly to believers in Jesus Christ. Thankfully, we still don't live in that town. But that population is growing if you haven't noticed. But, don't, but, he's, but, but in essence, he's saying, but you Thessalonians, you Midwayans, don't worry about it because God is faithful. God is faithful. It's not, he's not saying, because you are so strong and you're such great people, although I think you are. And, and I think the Apostle Paul saw, saw what I see in you. I think he saw that in the Thessalonians, this, he had tremendous respect and tr tremendous appreciation and admiration for them. But he's not lifting them up right now, not encouraging them by saying that they're so strong. He's saying, be encouraged because God is faithful. I was encouraged this morning in our, in our Bible study. One of, our, one of the people in the class was, was talking about his, his mother going through, his, his very, she's extremely old, and she's going through some very difficult times, but he says she has the foundation of a relationship with Jesus Christ to turn to during this difficult time in her life. 
We have that because God is faithful. Do you know what that means for God to be faithful? And if, and if you're a believer in Jesus Christ and, and have any understanding of the word of God, then you need to remember that one of the great themes of this book, one of the great things that God has revealed to us in his word is that he is faithful over and over and over and over again. If you read the Psalms, and I encourage you to do so, God is faithful. God is faithful. If you read the apostles as, we are going, as we're doing right now, God is faithful. That means he will do what he said he will do. Why, as I was talking with the children this morning, reminding them to look at what God has said he will do. We can be encouraged by his faithfulness if we know what he has said he will do. His being faithful does not mean he will do whatever we want him to do. And sometimes we get that confused. He has promised to do certain things based on his nature, based on his character, based on his attributes of love and mercy and grace and justice and righteousness and holiness and all-knowingness. His omniscience, of his, his being everywhere at the same time, his omnipresence. Recognizing these things about him, we can trust him to be God every single day. And because he's invited us into a relationship with him through his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, he is going to be God for us every single day, no matter what we're facing, no matter what we're going through. Some of the heroes of our faith in the scripture had some really hard days. The, the man that Mark referred to prior to praying over our offering today, Joseph, a man who had, had many great days, sitting on the, the president's um, throne, so to speak, in Egypt. Great days. He also went through some very rough days. days of imprisonment, days of enslavery, of enslavement. He, he had hard, hard days. But you know what he found? God was faithful to him, even through the difficulties. God being faithful to us doesn't mean that he's going to take us out of all the difficulties. It promises that he will be with us through the difficulties. And more than that, that he will use the difficulties somehow to accomplish what he's committed to doing in our lives, to grow us in our faith, to grow us in the likeness of his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. He's making all of us, he's committed to this, he's making all of us more and more like Jesus Christ every day through every circumstance that he allows us and ordains for us to go through. That's why the Apostle Paul wrote in Romans chapter 8, verse 28, a passage which many of you are very familiar with, and if you're not, this is one to get familiar with. For we know that God works in all things for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. He works in everything in our lives, even the difficulties. And so don't expect when you hear Paul encouraging the Thessalonians, God is faithful. Don't expect that, that means, okay, all your troubles, Thessalonians, are over. Now all those people that used to hate you because you're a believer, all those people that were, that were working against you, now they're all going to be nice. He's not saying that. 
But he's saying God is faithful, and he will do what he said he will do. He will be with you. He will strengthen you, and that's the next, the next thing that he says. Not only is God faithful, in his faithfulness, he will strengthen you. You know what that tells us about the Thessalonians? They were weak. You know what it reminds us about ourselves? We're weak. We're weak. Oh, there may be somebody else weaker, but we're weak. If we need strength, then God knows something about us. The Apostle Paul knew something about them because he knew it about himself. We're weak. Don't think that you can tackle this life on your own. With your own physical strength, as I was demonstrating this morning, I can't depend on that. I can't depend on my amazing ability to do one push-up um, uh, to get me through. Don't think that your physical strength is enough for what you have to endure, what you have to tackle, what you have to face. Don't think that your mental strength is enough. It's not. We're all human beings. We're all living in frail bodies that are increasingly getting frailer and frailer every day that we live. Every, every day that this fallen world has, has more opportunity to work against us. Gravity, as you find, find as you're getting old, gravity gets stronger and stronger all the time. This, this whole fallen world is working against these bodies. We're weak. Bodily, mentally. We're also weak spiritually. And he has promised that he will strengthen us. Or um, some, of the, some of your translations you'll see um, use the word establish you. So it's a, it's a strength that takes us back to our foundations. This is the way he strengthens us. This is one of the reasons that we get together every Sunday morning like this on the first day of the week. We do it on the first day of the week because it's the day Jesus rose from the dead. But one of the reasons that we do it is because we need to reestablish ourselves. We need, to, we need to go back to the basics every single week and remember who we are and whose we are and why we're going to make it. Because God is faithful. Remind each other of that over and over and over again. That's why we have our Bible study classes, our Sunday school classes, our question and answer, our youth meetings, our children's um, studies. That's why we do all these things, to remind ourselves over and over and over again to be strengthened by the Lord by looking into his word and remembering it's God who's at work in us, that we're dependent on him, and as we are, he will give us the strength that we need to do whatever it is we have to do. And I don't know what that is. I don't know what that is for you this coming week. I don't know, I don't know what difficulty or what struggle you're involved in right now. But most likely all of us are. At my father-in-law's funeral this week, my brother-in-law mentioned that one of the things that his dad taught him was that we're all in one of three places. 
we're all either going through something really tough or we've, we're about to go through something really tough or we've just gotten through something tough. Life's hard sometimes. Not all the time, but sometimes. And so sometimes we're, we're, we're in preparation week. Sometimes the week just, just goes by and like nothing wrong happened all week. It's like, what, what happened? What was wrong? This is great. That's preparation week. Like Mark was talking about. Those, our partners in Haiti have, been in, have been, been in preparation so that they were ready for this circumstance to happen. They're in position now to help others in need in, in that other part of their country that they can get to, that they're familiar with, that they're related to. And then also, because the Lord has been helping us prepare as a church, we were able immediately, as soon as that, that earthquake happened, we were able to contact our, our people there, Luxo, Luis Philippe, who goes by Luxo, Luxo and John and, and Joy, we were able to contact them, find out they were, that they were fine, but they were going to have opportunity to minister to those who were going through difficulty. So you know what we were able to do? Because the Lord had been faithful to us as a church and given us wisdom pr- to prepare, we were able to immediately send them some resources to, to put in with the rest of the resources that they've been collecting and, and, and getting ready for. We were able to send them some resources that they were immediately able to go to the aid of some of the people that they knew in those, in those earthquake torn up part, parts of, of Haiti. We were able to do that because God had prepared us during that time, time of preparation. We, we weren't, you know, we weren't over the last year, you know, trying to figure out how we were going to pay the light bill because God had been faithful to us to provide for us so that we were ready when difficulty came. We were ready when COVID came and we didn't know how things were going to go. Praise God. God kept most of our jobs and people kept giving and, and the Lord provided for us. During a time of difficulty, he continued to provide because those of you who are part of Midway had been preparing so that you were ready when difficulty struck. Well, this coming week is going to be one of those weeks. For some of you, it's going to be preparing for difficulty that you don't even know about. For others of you, it's going to be going through difficulty. For some of us, Hopefully, it's going to be a week of recovery. All of us are going to go through something this week. And you know who's going with us? A faithful God who has promised to strengthen us, reestablish us like he's doing right now in our lives, remind us of who he is, and that it's him who's taking us through, that, that, that our lives are his idea. He's the one that put us together. He's the one that made us. He's the one that gave us the relationships that we have. He's the one that give, has given us the opportunities that we have. He's put all this together to help us become more and more like Christ. And he's going to be working on that this week in our lives. And so reestablish yourself. Be strong in him, in your knowledge of his word, in your knowledge of him, his character, his plans, of his desires, of his delights. See those things so that your life can be conformed to that, to ready you for whatever it is he has for you. 
and you know, a lot of the uh, a lot of the benefit of your readiness is a blessing to others. Because God has us in place, wherever it is, whenever it is, He has us in place to shine through the relationship that we have with Him to shine to others. So they also can have that same readiness that that. I heard about it in our class this morning about this 94-year-old woman who has a relationship with Christ. Therefore, she is ready for the difficulties that she's facing. We have that message to share with everybody. Can you imagine going through this life without knowing our faithful God? And those of us who have known him for some time, we can't even, try, we can't even hardly remember what it was like before we knew him, before we had him as our security, before we had him as the promise maker and the promise keeper of our lives, the provider, to, re- to recognize him as the sustainer of our lives, that everything that he's doing, that everything he's doing in this world, he's sustaining us. He's making this air that we're breathing this morning. He's making it work for us, even today, giving us the strength that we need to be the witness that he wants us to be. And in the midst of that, the Apostle Paul remembers that these Thessalonians are still living in enemy territory. That's why he finishes this statement by saying, and he will protect you from the evil one. You know why I said that? Because the evil one hated the Thessalonians, the believers. He hated them. He hated that they had turned to Christ. He hated that, he, that they had left him. They didn't even know they were his in most cases. They didn't even know that they were, that they were by serving idols in Thessalonica, they didn't even know that they were actually serving Satan. They didn't know that about themselves. But he knew it. And when, he, when they left those idols and they began serving and loving the one true God, that made Satan mad and he began working against them in every way that he could. And it's hard when he works against us. Remember, he hates you too. And God has made this promise that he will guard us from him. He will protect us from him. Not because we're so strong, not because of our great Bible knowledge and all those kind of things, although our Bible knowledge does help us in that fight. But he will protect us because we are his children. The Thessalonians were his children, and God protected them. Did he, did he pull them out of all the difficulties that Satan was bringing their way? No, not necessarily. But he brought them through it. Just like he will bring us through whatever difficulties that Satan is bringing up against us. And we don't know what they all are. We look at Job's life. We get a little insight into how God allows Satan to work against his people. Job was a great, great man. And I encourage you to read that that book uh, this week if you can. Great, great man. And Satan thought the only reason that Job was a great, great man was because God was protecting him in a certain way. He didn't think that Job really loved God. He thought it was just because God, God was being good, made him rich, Gave him a great family, gave him great reputation, leadership in his town, and all those kind of things. He said, if you let me at him for a minute, he won't, he, still, he won't still love you. He won't still praise you. 
And God allowed Satan to do some really horrific things to Job. And a lot of people are going to say, it just does not sound like a very loving God to allow Job to go through all that stuff and his wife and his family to go through all that stuff just to prove a point to Satan. But you know what? It was a, it was a demonstration of his love. Not only his love for Job and his family, but also his love for all of his children from all, throughout all history. Because you know what story we have to look to when we're going through difficulty and hard times? The story of Job and his family. And you know where they are right now? In the presence of the Lord. And is there part of the great cloud of witnesses that Hebrews chapter 12 talks about? Kind of looking in on watching us run the race, so to speak. And they see us going through difficulty and they see us turning to the book of Job and finding out how we can be encouraged during difficult times when God allows Satan and, and his hatred to, to infiltrate our lives and to, and to mess things up. You know what they say? I'm sure glad he used us. I'm sure glad he allowed us to go through that. And you say, wait a minute. They lost 10 kids in one day. You think they can be thankful for that? Absolutely they can. Absolutely they can. Because you know what? Their kids didn't miss a thing. Oh, they might have missed a few years of working more. A few years of, of raising kids and, and, and all those kind of things, things that we, that we look forward to, things that we enjoy. But you know what? Instead of those things that they didn't get to do, they got to be immediately in the presence of the Lord. And now when they see another family going through difficulties like their family did and turn to that book, turn to that, that story that, that their family was able to be a part of, they say, praise God that he's still using us thousands of years later to help people get through the difficulties. You see, that's part of the way that he protects us from the evil one. He helps us understand that the evil one, while he has some power in, in temporary, temporal ways in our lives, he does not have the power over eternity in our lives. And so when we face the difficulties that Satan sometimes brings to us, we face them recognizing that we have God's eternal protection. And even if things go really bad like they did in Job's life, and I have never met anyone yet, I've met plenty of people who have gone through a lot of tough stuff, I've never met anyone yet that I think can beat Job on rough stuff happening in their lives. But a lot of rough stuff, we go through a lot of rough stuff. I want you to know that God still has control over our lives. He is still growing us. He is still using us. He is still working out things for our good. And he is protecting us from the ultimate disaster that Satan would want to bring on all of God's children. He is protecting us from those things and bringing us through them so that God, even through our difficulties, is glorified through churches like that one in Thessalonica 2,000 years ago, and like this one 
in 2021, with all the excitement that we have in our lives right now, with all of the uncertainty that we have going on in our lives right now, God is still faithful, and he is strengthening us and protecting us eternally from the attacks that Satan would bring against us. This morning, we have every reason to walk through the difficulties and uncertainties of this day with the hope that comes from a faithful God. Let's bow together in prayer. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you this morning for what you did through the Apostle Paul in his first century ministry, particularly with the Thessalonians. But we also want to thank you for his 21st century ministry with us at Midway. Because we're real people just like they were, going through some of the same difficulties that they went through, and we are reminded today through his ministry, inspired by your spirit, to remember that you are faithful. And that in your faithfulness, you are strengthening us and protecting us. And we're thankful this morning, Father, that even though it would be our desire to never go through any of the difficulties that we go through and that we will go through, we're thankful this morning that you use those difficulties not only to grow us, but also to give us a witness, a testimony to share with others, other believers and others who don't know you, that they might also come to understand that they could live for your glory if they would put their trust in Christ as well. And so, Father, we pray that you would use us as we lean on you, our faithful God, as we grow in strength by your power, by the knowledge of your word, by our fellowship with your body, by the power of your Holy Spirit, as you protect us from Satan and his evil plans that he works against us, we thank you that you will work everything out for our good as we live our lives for your glory. Father, if there are any here this morning who have not yet put their trust in Christ, we pray that you would give them this hope, that you would draw them to faith, that they would say yes, even this morning, to Jesus Christ, your Son, who's offered them life, forgiveness of sins, and, and the gift of eternal life, and the promise of abundant life, even as we walk through these difficult days on, in this world. We thank you for the abundance that you've promised and that we get to experience in Christ. We pray that you would remind them that that is something that you have offered to them, even though they're sinful, even though they've been in rebellion against you, that you're willing by your love to forgive them of their sins, all of their sins, and to give them life eternal and abundant. Give them the faith and courage to say yes to Jesus this morning. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen.